Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Beauvais and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. I am Matt Beauvais, sports director over at Channel 7 in Buffalo. As always, we are joined by Sal Capaccio, Bill's sideline reporter and beat reporter for WGR 550. And for the first time on this podcast... Matt Perino joining us for a segment here. What's up, buddy? What's going on? How are you? It feels great to be on the game day show with you boys. Um, I've, uh, I've listened to a few, I gotta say, I'm not listening to as many as I would have, would have liked to be before the first appearance only because how many podcasts are there out there now? It's like, (laughs) it's hard to kind of get through them all, but the ones that I have listened to, I mean, you guys got a great dynamic. I told you both. uh, It's a really great addition to the scene. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it is. Uh, a, there's a pretty crowded space out there right now, right? I mean, anybody who wants any kind of content is going to be easily able to find it, especially with you and Ryan Talbot and doing your thing. Shout. People can listen to that all the time. We'll give you a chance to plug that. But, you know, it's it's increasingly changing the landscape of what we do. And it's I always say it's hard to keep up. I just did my first Twitter spaces the other day, guys. Like, you've been doing it for a long time, but I had to figure it out. It took me literally 55 seconds to realize my mic was muted and I had to kind of unmute it and then start over again. Everything that Perino does is like a year in the future. So whatever the new thing that Perino is doing, I'm sure Sal and I will be doing that in a year from now. And then he'll be on to the next thing because that's just Perino's style. He's always up with it. You're kind of correct there. I I just think that like digital trends are so interesting. And I think that how fans consume what we do, it's always changing based on their convenience and their appetite for these different apps and platforms that we're on. And so I'm always just throwing stuff at the wall, trying them out, different things. I've had you guys both on Spaces before, and I actually, uh, Sal, I was impressed with the way that you you got going into that. I listened to a little bit of it. 
uh, two thumbs up. Great work. I appreciate it. I mean, um, we'll, we'll be doing more of that. I'll be doing more of that. I was, um, I was happy. I had like, I think a, like 1100 listeners total came in for like 35 minute time period. So I think that's pretty good. I don't really know, but I know that a lot of people out there were you know happy to have that opportunity because it's not always the time that I'm normally on, but we'll get into more of that. And Matt will tell you exactly how you can find him and listen to him and Ryan, but we want to talk about the Buffalo Bills and Saturday and what's going to happen against the Denver Broncos because we're past one preseason game. We got another coming up and then we have the finale. Let me ask both of you first. Do you expect, because look, by the time people are listening to this, they'll know, but we don't know yet. Do you expect the starters to play at all? Do you expect Josh Allen to play? We'll hear from Sean McDermott and he'll, he'll say that, but what do you think right now? I don't. I don't think that either of the, the any of the starters, I think it's going to be a lot like we saw last week. Um, could a few start on both sides of the ball? Yes. I mean, we heard Leslie Frazier say that, you know, Dane Jackson will play a little bit before the preseason's over when asked about him today. Uh, but I just get the sense that they want to probably get through this preseason uh, as injury free as possible. They're already really banged up on their offensive line with Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle both banged up. Tommy Doyle looking like this could be a, a few weeks type of thing uh, in that walking boot. So I, I'm not anticipating it, but I do think we'll see a little bit of it maybe in Carolina. I wouldn't let him on the field at any point, specifically Josh. I wouldn't <laughs> let Josh play. I wouldn't let Diggs play. I wouldn't let Vaughn play. I wouldn't let either of the safeties play, either your starting linebackers, like... Any like I wouldn't let Dan Dawkins or Mitch Morris play. I, I, there are very few people I would want on the field and just kind of like need to see them in game action. And it was something that I was actually talking to our colleague Mike Catalana about earlier today when we were at Bills practice. And last year they let Josh play in the preseason and they looked really good in their time out on the field against the Packers. And then they started the season slow. So I don't even necessarily know if there's a correlation between like oh you need those preseason reps and then it translates into the season. I don't really think that matters. I think getting through this entire summer as healthy as possible is so much more important. And the thing that I always come back to is risk reward is the risk greater than the reward. And in this case, I think it's way bigger than the reward. I don't even think it's close. So for me, I wouldn't let him play, but I will say this. If you are going to let your starters play one of these two games, I think it should be this game, not the other game against Carolina. I think you do it at home in a more controlled environment where you also have a little bit more time until the season starts in case something happens. But if it were me, I wouldn't let any of those starters play. Yeah, we've already seen some injuries around the league. Zach Wilson, a scare there in New York. It looks like he's going to be you know, better off than what the projections were initially. We saw in that Jets game against the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts get drilled. And we've seen some injuries around the league in practices. Even just today, we're here recording this on Wednesday. Miko Hardman leaves practice. Chris Jones, both in Kansas City. You can't prevent them all, but you can do what you can to mitigate as much as you can to prevent you know, all that kind of stuff. So before we get into our topic, and I'll let you kind of um, ask Matt about Saturday here, I have to actually do a correction, and I want to apologize to everybody. On the last pod, Matt, and on, on air on WGR, I think I incorrectly stated what would happen if the Bills released O.J. Howard. Uh, thank you very much to the people on Twitter who pointed that out. Um, I was going off numbers from the website Over the Cap, which were incorrect. Spot track, of course, our guy Mike Gennetti had the correct numbers. I've looked into the contract. If the Bills were to release O.J. Howard, it would actually cost them close to $3.2 million in dead money. However, yeah. 625K of that would be pushed into next year, but you're still talking about close to $2.6 million in dead money this season. And that's why Matt, uh, 
Matt Perino, Matt Bove and I were having a discussion about the tight ends. It is one of the positions I'm interested in. A lot of it is because of the money with OJ Howard. A lot of it is because all these guys played into the fourth quarter last week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The tight end situation is really interesting. And I think after Howard, it's interesting because I think they have two guys that they really like. I I think that they're, they're big fans of, um, uh, Quinn Morris, uh, Tommy Sweeney's been in the program for a few years. And I think b- having the confidence in those guys could put some pressure on Howard. But what I think, Matt, you tweeted today, I, to- I totally think makes a ton of sense is like, I just don't think that anything can happen for OJ Howard in the preseason or training camp to dissuade them from trying out what it looks like in the regular season. I think you can put one or both of those guys on the practice squad in Sweeney and Morris test out what things look like with Howard once you get into the season. And I think part of the problem here is the complexity of this offense. And you see it when you ask Howard about how things are getting settled in here is I just think it's a little, a lot on his plate. And I just think that that's not allowing him to maybe play as fast as everybody wants to see him play. And it might be a little bit more, all right, walk before you run. You're not going to have as much opportunity early on, but what, let's see what this looks like in November. Or maybe they think that he's just cooked and and the, the, the lack of athleticism is something that they can't even go into the season relying on him as that second tight end. I just I don't think we're there yet, despite the the lack of productivity from him so far. When you look at the other two, when you look at Sweeney and you look at Morris, how do you think that plays out? Because to me, I would say I'm going to give Sweeney like a 70% chance of making the team and I'll give Morris like a 30% chance at making the team. Do you guys feel like those numbers are close or do you guys feel differently about that? I, I I agree. I I'd agree about Sweeney at about seventy. I'd put Morris way down there, probably at ten, only because I think that they think they could probably get him back on their practice squad. Uh, he spent the majority of last year there, uh, if not all of it. Uh, and I don't think teams are going to be clamoring for a depth tight end like that. So I think, listen, if they want to, if they don't love OJ Howard, they know that you know on a game day they can they can make Tommy Sweeney active, and they know what they'll get from him. I think that that adds to the conversation when you're when you're trying to get down to fifty three. Well, let me throw an idea past you guys that we talked about on our show tonight. So, what do you think about them keeping six cornerbacks? Well, seven if you count Taron Johnson, keeping both Benford and Cam Lewis, and maybe cutting Taiwan Jones. I know that's like a crazy thing to suggest, but if you noticed the other day, they're working Cam Lewis as that number one uh, gunner with those two starters on the bench. Cam Lewis's style. It suggests that he'd be a really good gunner in training. If that's the case, maybe they can move on from Taiwan Jones, go a little bit deeper at cornerback. You know what they, how much they like Cam Lewis, and then maybe find some spots in other places. I don't know, just an idea as we start to look at some of these position groups. I think that it's a good idea. I don't necessarily think it's an idea that they would follow through with. I think they value Taiwan Jones more than we probably even give them credit for. And I think the fact that he was inactive last last Saturday probably speaks to that. But Mm -hmm. whenever it comes to these depth guys or more of these role players, I am always of the belief that when you have an opportunity to get younger and cheaper, you probably should because Cam Lewis, homegrown talent, quite literally, and he hasn't really had an opportunity to step up maybe the way that some fans have wanted him to. But when called upon, he has been good. And if he can carve out a role as a special teams player, that is going to have him be on a team for a long time and probably this team for a long time. So I think that Taiwan still makes the team. 
I don't know how many corners they're going to keep. I don't think it'll be more than six. That's just kind of my guess. And I bet that they can still get Cam onto the practice squad. That being said, it's not a foregone conclusion because there's some tape out on him now. And he is a pretty nice player. So I think some other teams might try and snag him. I will say from what I've heard, they won't get him back on the practice squad. No, if Cam Lewis hits the waiver wire, I think the Giants are all over him. I mean, Joe Shane out there, right? I mean, I don't think there's any way that he sneaks back to the practice squad. Now, Matt, I don't, Matt Perino, I don't hate the idea you're throwing around. I do agree with Bove that there's a difference between the ideas that we come up with and what we might do versus what we think they would do. And that's always the two parts of our job. We kind of tell everybody what we think should happen. Mm -hmm. And then we say what we think will happen. I just think that they value Taiwan Jones. Look, if this was a team kind of rebuilding or whatever, of course it's a different it's a different discussion. I think they are so locked in on trying to win a Super Bowl. They do not even want a punt going the other way to hurt them. So Taiwan Jones because a guy that is really, you know, a big part of what they do. Now, Bove and I talked about this in the same realm, not not at that position, but wide receiver. After the day that Isaiah Hodgins had last week, Perino, I think maybe he's bumping Jay Kumaro off the roster. Now, Kumaro is also a special teams guy, but Hodgins had eight special team snaps last week. Kumaro had none. Maybe that's an indication they want to see what Hodgins can do. And if he offers enough special teams value, it doesn't have to be everything, but if he offers enough, then maybe that's the move that they make because they really want him on offense. Uh, is Green Bay on the horn after Aaron Rodgers' <laughs> rant about right. the receivers? I mean, it, I think you probably try to flip Kumaro. There's some guys on this team that I don't think that you cut you look to trade like i think uh hodgins falls into this category kumaro lewis cody ford if they're finally yep. ready to move on from him which i don't think that they are i think he played pretty well the other day and i think they still think they could throw him around at both guard spots and in a pinch at tackle so you know we've been out of practice the last couple of days they are banged up on the offensive line no spencer brown today tommy doyle in a boot they might get to a spot where you know david questenberry and Deion dawkins can start who are they throwing in their attack afterwards? Are you going to trust things over to, you know, Bobby Hart, who looked like a turnstile again in the preseason game, or maybe Luke Tenuta? I mean, they are, I don't know. You might get to a point where you're saying, you know what, we're it's DEFCON 5. Let's throw Cody Ford back out at right tackle because we think it might be better than some of these other options. Do you think, though, let me go back to, do you think that Hodgins could take a spot from Kumaro? Do you think they're fighting for one spot? Yes. I think they're fighting for one spot. And I don't think Tavon Austin makes the roster. I think it ends up being six receivers. I agree, I agree with you. Yeah. I on the offensive that- line, by the way, real quick, on the offensive line, yeah. They're, look, they, they, they were down to their, by choice, basically, they started their fourth string center on last Saturday, Greg Van Roten, right? I mean, Morse didn't play. Mm-hmm. Greg Manns is banged up. He was. Ryan Bates didn't play. They were down to that. So, you know, that's why I don't think it was easy to kind of, um, you know, even evaluate Case Keenum and what he, you know, what he's able to do. Go right. ahead, Bove. I'm sorry. No, I, what I was going to say was going back to Perino's topic about would they move on from Taiwan Jones and keep the extra cornerback. I think it's more likely that they keep four running backs, they keep Taiwan Jones, but they only keep two tight ends because they're confident that they can get either Sweeney or Morris to the practice squad, if not both of them. And then in case of emergency, they can break class and they can get one of those guys back on the 53-man roster. So I think it's more likely they only keep two tight ends on the 53-man roster if they have one of those other different difficult decisions that they have to make. I think in a perfect world, they probably want to keep three, but this is the reality of having a really good roster. Like there's going to be good players that are going to be left off the 53. I think the more of those moves you can make where you ship somebody off for a seventh round pick, you just do it and you get that asset. But at the same time, it feels like getting one or two of those is probably the ceiling for how many of those they could actually make. 
Matt Perino from New York Upstate Syracuse.com joining us on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Matt, can you stick around a little bit? You want to talk a little bit more? Can you do that for us? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. All right we'll be back with Matt Perino. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's always game day in Buffalo, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, and we're joined by our good friend, Matt Perino. All right, um, so Bove and I had this really fun discussion about the punt last week from Matt Ariza, and Bove told a story about being in the press box and filming Joe Biscalia, and people now want to see the video of filming Joe Biscalia and all that. <laughs> let's just get into, first of all, your reaction when you saw it, and what do you want to see on Saturday from this group, Perino? Uh, the special teams group? Yeah, punter, kicker, holder. You know, do you need to see any more from Matarize? I guess that's the best way to put it. No. And okay. honestly, when they were getting down to 85, and I know it might be a little bit aggressive and early, but I think we've seen enough to where they probably could have moved on from Matt Hawk and maybe kept a Jalen Weidemeyer around a little bit uh, a little bit longer or an Elijah Griffin who's been in the system for a while. I thought it was you know, uh, they don't make a lot of mistakes and maybe this isn't one. Maybe they do want to keep the pressure on Ariza a little bit longer, let him kind of go out and operate in those, not thinking that the job is hidden and taking the foot off the gas. When I saw the punt in the press box, I kind of did what, what Matt did. Looked down three seats and, and, and Joe Biscaglia. <laughs> Nobody gets a kick out of that stuff more than him. And I'm actually, I don't go too far into this take too often, but I am like, oh man, I... I shouldn't say anti-special teams, but man, punter, kicker competitions. (laughs) That is literally like the last (laughs) thing on the list of things I want to talk about usually. But the Ariza thing is interesting because it's got a viral component to it, right? Pat McAfee is this, this unbelievable digital media presence now and the former punter. And I was listening to his show and his show this week, and he's breaking down the punt and explaining why it's something that people should really respect because it's something that not a lot of punters can do. And so it puts it into context for me. Um, So it's pretty cool. I think he's got the job and, you know, I think the the Hawk thing maybe is more of a respect thing, but then again, they moved on from Hauschka early. So I just, I kind of don't get it. Well, that's actually, that's a good point because I was having a conversation earlier today. Did they move on from Hauschka at the first cut or was it the second cut with him? Or was that before the new rules with the cuts? Does um, anybody remember? He he was cut before the final cut down date, yes. but I don't think they had the same rules in place now where you have the three. I think there was a little bit different during the pandemic there. Uh, yes. Okay. So I kind of tend to agree that I thought Hawk would be in the first batch of cuts, but the word that you said, Perino, that stood out to me was pressure. And I think they want to kind of keep this pressure building for Ariza, and they were okay 
basically getting rid of one of those other guys just to make it known like, okay, like, yeah, we saw your 82 yard punt. We know a bunch of people are talking about you. You still have a little bit more work to do to win the job. That's just kind of the way that I've kind of always thought about this the last couple of days. And Hey, like there's going to be growing pains. That's okay. You just kind of have to live with them when it comes to a rookie punter. So do you, should, should fans feel basically kind of worried or scared that, Tredavious White isn't out there. I'm getting a lot of that lately, guys. I'm getting a lot of, hey, Trey's not out there. They're getting closer to the second preseason game. I mean, Perino, how do you read the situation right now? And should fans be a little bit worried? No, because you always got to take those those national reports on Buffalo matters with a grain of salt. And I listen, I respect Jeremy Fowler a ton. He's been running the money for most of the things in, in his career. And I, I, I'm not suggesting that that report isn't anything but well-sourced. But you know, I don't think anybody really knows the goings on with the Travius White thing um, outside of that building. And so the Jordan Poyer thing is a great example of what I'm talking about. What has come out about the negotiations for Jordan Poyer's new contract nationally? Nothing. 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 Crickets, nothing. right? It just stuff does not get out of the building. And listen, I think all three of us, we have relationships in the building, you know, conversations with, you know, players, different, different types of things. And I'm not really even hearing a lot on that, on those matters. So when is Tredavious White going to be ready? I'm not so sure, but I think it's pretty safe to assume that he's not going to be ready by week one. I don't think coming off of that injury, they're willing to say, Hey, you practice for a couple of weeks. Let's roll you out. Even in a reduced role. I don't, I think we need to see him on the practice field for a couple of weeks before they roll him out. So, so that's what I mean though. But if you're saying you don't think he'll be ready week one, then I think there is cause for concern from bills fans. I think bills fans were thinking all along that, yeah, I think we're going to get this guy back for week one. You're saying you don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that that's concerning though. Okay. I, I think this is, I think this is an injury that, it's individual based. And I think that the, the key to it is not overstepping and rushing a guy back. And if that means he's not ready till week three or week four, that just means that, you know, you want him to be the version of Trey right. White or closest to it when you do line him up there. So I'm not concerned yet. If we get to week four, week five, and he's not practicing, then, then I'd probably be a little bit concerned. It's, it's kind of the waiting game until he gets back on the field. By the time this podcast has been posted we will be three weeks or less to the start of the nfl season so unless trey white walks out onto the field for their last practice of the week on thursday before the preseason game on saturday we're going to be in that window where it looks like man it would be really surprising for him to come back and i understand the concern that he won't be ready for week one from the fan base but you need tredavious white healthy week 17 and then in the first round of the playoffs that's when you need Trey White healthy. If Trey White is healthy, the last time the Bills played in a playoff game, we might not be having the conversations that we're having. And we're talking about a team that's hosting the first game of the season, not on the road for the first game of the season. So to me, yeah, maybe it's concerning from the standpoint of like, they'll lose a game or two that they could have won if he was out on the field early in the season. But it really doesn't matter if you ultimately get to the playoffs because who cares? You know, if you lose the first game of the season of the Rams and then you go on and win the Super Bowl, nobody's going to care that you lost the first game. I know the sky will be falling in Buffalo if that happens, but like if perspective is a hell of a thing. Yeah. And I was going to say, I like your perspective on this Perino, which is, I think that you're saying, yeah, look, I mean, he'll be back and don't worry about it. Like it's, it's more about the long-term vision here. So if he does miss a week or two, that's not concerning. What's concerning is to make sure that you know he's healthy long-term. I like that because I think Bills fans really want to see him on the field as soon as possible. 
And I'm getting a lot of, well, is he going to be ready week one? I'm really concerned about this. And what you're saying is, well, don't worry about that. Just make sure he's healthy when he gets on the field. 100%. And I think what you've seen develop over training camp and into the preseason with the um, emergence of Christian Benford, I'm intrigued to see what that guy does consistently against you know NFL talent. Now, do I see a path? for regular playing time for him, even if White's not there? Not necessarily. I think at best, you're probably looking at Dane as CB1 and Kyrie Elam and Benford in some type of timeshare, um, yeah. potentially, because Leslie Frazier did say Dane is ahead of them. Now, even though Leslie Frazier said that, by the time the season starts, that doesn't necessarily mean that right. Dane won't be underneath Kyrie at that point. I mean, you saw Sean McDermott react to that, that pass breakup on Pittman from Elam early in that Colts game. He was jazzed up. He was good. It was good to see, but I do think over the court, the, the entire body of work, Benford's outperformed Elam to this point. That won't necessarily always be the case, but I think that they, the more eyes you can get on these young players, see what you have in them. It's not a bad thing to Matt's point in early season games. And then you get white back for, you know, the, the, the playoff and for Bill's fans perspective, Super Bowl run. Well, that's the thing too, is trial by foot. It, it, it's all, do you, are you somebody who likes the idea of trial by fire? Are you somebody who likes the idea of easing a rookie into it periodically as the season goes along? I'm more of like a trial by fire guy, like throw them in. <laughs> Welcome to the first game of the NFL season against the Super Bowl champs. And you're going to either be going against a combination of Cooper cup, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, like have fun, buddy. So I like that idea, like throw him out there and see what he can do. And I think a lot of times people who are true stars usually rise up to those occasions. And I'm not saying that he's going to step onto the field and he's going to be a lockdown corner, but go see if he can make some plays because he's on a defense full of other guys who will go out and make plays. And in the other side of the field, there's going to be an offense that's probably going to put mm -hmm. up some points. So they might be able to get away with it until Trey is healthy. And I think just making sure that he's fully healthy is the most important thing. And then hopefully for the bill's sake, they'll have three viable options to be their second cornerback between Dane Elam, and then maybe even Benford. Bove, were you surprised that Leslie Frazier kind of came out and said, and basically stated, he said Dane Jackson's ahead of those guys. I just think it's a little bit out of character for this organization to even say something like that. Was it a message to the rookies or would you see just kind of being honest and that's what happens. I think it's almost more of a nod to a player who has been in their system right. for a couple of years and a sign of respect that yep. he doesn't want to dismiss what Dane Jackson has done for the team and the work that he has put in because it wasn't that long ago that they were really, you know, highly praising Dane Jackson when he needed to step up and become the cornerback too for the Bills with Levi Wallace and him. So no, I don't think it was a surprise. I, I kind of honestly think it was expected just by those of us who have watched practice and those of us who have thought about it a little bit. I will say this though about Elam. Like I keep and I understand that some of the criticism is warranted that it has been a little bit of a slow summer and maybe what we would have liked to see more. But every time I see that guy, once practice has ended, he is doing things to try and continue to build his craft and get better, whether that's talking to his coaches, whether that's working with the other players at his position. Like I do appreciate that stuff because I think that he's taking it serious. And I think that he's kind of one of those self-motivated guys who's ultra competitive, by the way, like we've seen that all summer, like how competitive this dude is. So I think that eventually he'll get it right because he's also a great athlete. And I think that, you know, maybe it's just taken a little bit of time, but I trust the talent there. Before we let our good buddy Matt Perino go, what is going on with this Chili's thing that you guys had going on on Twitter <laughs> from Wednesday's practice? I 
I was not out at practice. I was hosting the Extra Point Show on WGR. And then I see not only Matt Bove tweet about like chilies and debating how good it is, but literally hundreds of responses to this tweet as well. What happened? Chilies is a polarizing topic. Uh, I guess before so. we get before we get to chilies though, I just want to back up for one second. Can I just say Yeah. Thank goodness for Leslie Frazier. <laughs> because like in a world that we live in as as media members, you know. I, I have a lot of respect for Sean McDermott. He does a really good job. I think we all have really good professional relationships with him. He doesn't give us much, right? And I and I do think that Leslie Frazier's at, at the point of his career where he's got enough, you know, um, skins on the wall in this game that he just operates a different way. And I don't think, you know, some people have different ways they approach the game in the league. Like some people are really everything's secretive, everything's behind the things. And some people are like, yeah, I'll, I'll put my the clothes on the table, fold the laundry right in front of you. I don't care. I like how he gasses all of us up a little bit. And it just makes me feel like good about myself sometimes when you're sitting there in a press conference and you can ask Leslie the most basic elementary question. He'll be like, well, Matt, that's a good observation you had there. You must be <laughs> yeah. watching tape. And then he yeah. answers the question. And I'm like, yes. oh, you're just so kind. <laughs> you're just doing it. I love Leslie. Leslie is my top of my power ranking. You know what he I love about Leslie? fantastic guy. Here's what I love about Leslie, too. Um, you're all right, everything you're saying, guys. He's also great to talk to just about when he played. Like he was on a yeah. he was on one of the greatest teams that ever played, the 85 Chicago Bears. He led either that team or the year before, I think, that Bears in interceptions. Like he was a terrific player in a in a terrific era uh, of that football for that team. So I love talking to him about those teams. And that was kind of when I was growing up and formulating my love of football during those years. So he's very cool to talk about. And and he's just he's a gentleman, right? I mean we're yeah, yeah, no, and, and we're still, it's funny, the dynamic, we're still obviously getting to know Ken Dorsey, we don't know him too much, <laughs> but we were just talking about how much we all like Leslie Frazier, and Dabes was the exact same way. Dabes used to walk into the room and he'd be like, what's up, boys? <laughs> he was just there Dude. to have a good time. He he was great, Dabes. Le- Leslie, Leslie, you want to go out to dinner with? Like, and just, you know, spend an evening, two hours, share a meal, maybe a glass of wine. Dave's, you want to go crush a six pack with and just yeah. talk ball and talk life in the NFL. Yeah. You just right, set well, us up. You just you set, set us up, up for the transition. I know. We well, go let's to do dinner that. to Chili's. Let, let's do that. Hold on. So we'll make this into the uh, final segment here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Okay. So I just looked. At the time of recording this podcast, this random tweet about Chili's <laughs> has 117,000 impressions. Okay. I'm it was a very basic question. The question just was. Do you like chilies? The backstory to this is very simple. Perino and I were in Rochester a couple weeks ago for camp. It was him. It was John Scott. It was Jenna Cottrell. And it was myself. We were going to play a quick nine holes and then grabbing dinner on the way to the golf course. We all finished our work. We had like an hour to kill. So we were like, okay, let's either go get something to drink and then we'll go play golf. Maybe just get a quick snack or whatever. We're driving there and we pass a Chili's and I'm like, oh, we could go to Chili's and Perino just is like, oh, absolutely not. And I was like, you're crazy. Chili's is an outstanding option for the situation that we're in where we have an hour to kill. We ultimately just went to the golf course. And then I think for the rest of the night, we were talking about like all of our favorite chain restaurants because we were like, oh, my God, we were talking about like Carrabba's and Cheesecake Factory and all like this ridiculous stuff. So then today. It gets brought back up, and I don't even know the context of it, but we were once again talking about like chain restaurants or something, and once again, Chili's got brought up. So today, I was just explaining this on Perino's podcast with Ryan Talbot. 
I had a doctor's appointment out in like Amherst, Williamsville area. And then I had an oil change scheduled in Bowmansville, but there wasn't enough time between the two of them for me to come home. So I basically just stayed out in Amherst and I had to like do something for an hour. So I was like, it's too long for me to just go sit into like a fast food restaurant, but I don't want to get too far away from where I am. So I started driving down transit by Genesee. And the first place that I saw was Chili's. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to go to Chili's. And it was like $2.45. It was $9 for a side salad and two spicy shrimp tacos with chips and salsa. $9. So I was eating on a budget. I was having... I, no, it's not good in the neighborhood. I was going to say I was eating good in the neighborhood. I think that's one of the other ones. <laughs> but I, I, and then I posted the question, and a lot of people had opinions on it. And I'm just saying, I, I don't think Chili's is great. But the question was, do you like Chili's? And I like Chili's, and I know Perino doesn't. Here's, here's the thing, Sal. And hopefully you could be the voice of reason in this conversation. I thought, first of all, go read the thread. We talked about this already. So many. Oh, epically amazing responses in there. But I thought the quintessential response and the, the answer that everybody should really feel deep in their hearts is you're never going to seek out a Chili's. If somebody like invites you to one, like if you have one of those wild, I saw this response friends, from Merck. I think it was Merck who said, yes, this. yes. Like say everybody's got a beauvet in the friend group, right? They're like, oh, Chili's is great. And you're like, and one night you want, he's like, let's go to Chili's and eat on a budget and have a couple free beers and whatever. And you're like, okay, I'll go because you're inviting me and you're my friend. I'm never going to invite somebody to the Chili's. That's my only point. And every time I've been there in the last 10 years, and I probably a handful of times, it's just been so bad. Like, and listen, a lot of places have been bad. Like, honestly, I ordered some Outback. I had a gift card to Outback Steakhouse. I ordered a steak, which has always been super clutch. Like on the road, like Uber Eats, I'll always, Outback is at the top of my like uh, chain of orders. It was bad. And so I feel like a lot of these are, are really going downhill. Um, and Applebee's is, I will never go to Applebee's. I'll go to Chili's over Applebee's every time. I just, I don't know, man. It's, it's no great shakes. I'm not a big chain guy anyway. Like, uh, so that's part of the problem. Um, do you remember? Oh, oh sorry, so that's on. okay. I mean, I'll t when you have kids though, too. Like, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I like Chili's. I like Applebee's. I like them both. They have uh, a two go. for menu. Let's they have a go. two for menu at Applebee's. They have a three for me at Chili's. Like, come on, whatever. It's not a big deal. I agree, though. It's not like at the top of my list, but yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't mind it. I would. I wouldn't say I don't like it. Let's put it that way. Not that like. Oh yeah, I like it. It's that I don't not like it. Right. I mean, that's the way I look at this whole thing, guys. And ever and so everybody knows at home. Five members of the Bills shared their opinions on this, and that was Isaiah Hodgins fighting for a roster spot, also fighting the good fight and defending Chili's, Zach Moss, Isaiah McKenzie, Reggie Gilliam, and Tommy Sweeney, and they're oh. all on the... Let me like, just throw this out there. Go ahead. Notice nobody's on a lucrative second contract. <laughs> <laughs> their support for Chili's. Just throwing that out there. You know, one of the guys' name nicknames is Little Dirty. So I think I feel like that all kind of, you know, fits together. Okay, but we're more like those guys on okay. those regular people contracts than we are like the big tent. Like Josh ain't going to Chili's. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. Josh, like fair. for a casual meal, is going somewhere where it costs like $43 for a side salad. Yeah, he's going somewhere nice. We're not doing that. All We're right, going to right. Chili's, baby. Okay, so <laughs> Matt, I think Matt, I, I've I've known you long enough, several years. We're really good friends. 
I have to ask you a very serious question about yourself. Just yes or no. Are you a food snob? This is Matt Perino. I'm asking, are you a food snob? Um, I can be thought of as a food snob. So, um, in Perino's defense, even though we're on opposite sides of this argument here or this conversation, it's not an argument. It's all love. I have been to like a smoky bones with Perino in an industrial park in the middle of Orlando, Florida. So like, it's not like we're always fine dining. And we've all done that. We've all ended yeah. up at like random chain restaurants on the road together. So it's just kind of like the time and the place and what's available. Perino, you remember that night in Orlando? We tried like six different restaurants oh, at we like eight eight thirty at night. It wasn't even late. And the only and we place remember we could- in the oh. end, we had to actually like solicit advice from the guy that was putting the chairs up on the tables on the patio. Wait a minute. Yeah. Why did you try six? Because they were closing or because you didn't like the other seven? No, they weren't open. They were closing. Okay, I'm like, open. if you if it's because you went there and didn't like like the atmosphere, now you are like restaurant snobs and food snobs and whatever. That's <laughs> no, what I we would went, say. No, we went on like Yelp and we were okay. just like, okay, let's find, you know, whatever is open, basically. Because yeah. he was going to Orlando because he was starting a vacation with the family. I was there doing that Gabe Davis story. It was yeah. a Sunday night, but it was only like 830. So we're like, there has to be things well, yeah, open. Stuff was closed. But we weren't like, I didn't know enough about Orlando. To me, it's like Disney is Orlando. So I was Just like, oh, drive down be- International Drive. I mean, is we it like weren't everything even, open until 2 a.m.? No, we weren't even kind of close to that. That's uh, what okay. I thought. We were like 40 minutes away. We were on the other side of Orlando. So we were in like the more residentially parts of Orlando. So that's why we just ended up. This is this will be our closing question. And Perino, thank you so much for staying with us. We <laughs> really appreciate it. If you have to pick one chain restaurant to go to, that's like a sit down restaurant. Wh- where are you picking? Ooh. One chain. And don't and don't pick like and not like really high end. Like don't say like oh Ruth Chris or something. Like right, uh, right, right, right. that's that's not fair because of course that's going to be it. Like you know a, what mine would be, and I don't know if we have any locally anymore, but Fuddruckers. I don't think they're around anymore. I don't think they're around anymore. Dude, that was, I love Fuddruckers. Actually, I went to one, I think we were in Texas on a, on a Bill's trip. And I hit one up recently, like in the last two years, uh, their burgers are always great. They have the, the way they do their buns. I, I, don't, I don't know. They always hit. Um, my wife for the family, because my son absolutely loves it. Olive Garden. It's not super oh, high on really? my list, but. Yeah, but my kid loves it, and my wife has always loved it since we started dating. Not so much anymore. I'm telling you, a lot of these chain restaurants are just—they've gone downhill, and they're not the same thing that we remember. I feel like a lot of them. I'm I feel you, like I did like Chili's at one point. I, Sal and I talk about this all the time. Like you know, we're both Italian. I, my family's from the Falls. My grandfather's from Italy. Pascuzzi's, Vistelli's, like all these vowels mixed in. I like Carabas. I don't like Olive yeah, Garden, okay. but I yeah, think Carabas right. is really, as far as like chain food is concerned, I think Carabas is really yeah, solid. I haven't That's been there fair. in a while, but they had the linguine pescatori that I always get. It's great. It's like a seafood mm-hmm. melody medley inside of a inside of uh, linguine. It's great. I like that. Now, if I'm staying local, come on, boys. You know, I'm going to Riverworks, right? I got to tell everybody. I go to the Pro Street mm-hmm. Family Breweries because, hey, that's who I talk about on the radio because I love them so much. Yeah, but that's not a chain restaurant. That's a local. I know. I just had to give them some love here today because, you know, I felt like we were banging on some of these places, you know, and and that's that's one of the ones that what's another good chain that I go to a lot. Um, Oh, the reason this got brought up today was because we were talking about Red Robin. That's how we got to Chili's. Aren't they the bottom of the fries? Yeah. Yeah. We're Red Robin fans. We're Red Robin fans in this house. Okay. I like I like Red Robin. Red Robin. I would go to Red Robin nine times, ten times out of ten over Chili's. Oh, well, I would tell you this, though. Now. 
Bove, you don't have kids yet. Perino, you do. I mean, Max is all about the Happy Meal. Like, he just loves the Happy Meal. At McDonald's? Yeah. 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 My kids? kids love it, too. Yeah, yeah see, it. I mean, like, so I'm going there. It's I just okay. can't eat it. But you eat it? You eat the food, too? Dude, just order off the value menu and get, like, a McChicken. It's a dollar twenty-five. Oh, yeah, the chicken fine. might not mess me up as much. I don't know if it's the fries and the grease on the fries. We're going really down the, the rabbit hole here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Matt into- Perino, tell everybody where they can find all your stuff and all about the Shout Podcast. Um, yeah, you can find the easiest way to find it um, is follow me on Twitter at Matt Perino. I, I tweet out the links everywhere. Um, if you want to watch us live uh, and participate in the show, which I think is kind of the fun part of our show, is that live fan participation. We get your comments in, we react to them live. Um, we have a fun time with it. Search uh, Bill's uh, Shout Podcast on YouTube. And we're on all the uh, audio platforms as well. All right, everybody, man. seriously, listen. Perino does an outstanding job with all the platforms that he's on. It was a quintessential yeah. part of my drives up in the morning to St. John Fisher at 7 a.m. when I wouldn't spend the night. So definitely give Perino a, sh- a shout, all pun intended. And uh, thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks for having me, boys. All right. Till the next time. And it's always game day in Buffalo. Reminder, you can get this podcast on all your different podcast platforms. Apple, iTunes, Spotify, all the different Odyssey platforms, forms, your smart devices, Google, Alexa, all that kind of stuff. Make sure you do that. Make sure you download it. Make sure you subscribe and throw us a nice review, a five-star review. Perino is going to end this. He's going to go and give us a five-star review and a great rating simply for this episode because he was on it. He was gonna, he's going to definitely do that. I can Too late. Right now. You already, already gave it. you one. I yeah, figured I you did. One. All right, Matt. Matt and Matt, thanks. I'm Sal. For Matt and Matt, we'll talk to you again on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo.